On this episode of Year One, we speak to Ross, president and co-founder of Blue Sky Analytics Labs, a laboratory that does Health Canada licensed regulatory compliance testing. Ross shares his journey from project management to tour guide, software consultant to business owner. He speaks about the challenges of entering a vertical where he has no knowledge, what his journey has taught him, routine and passion. Sit back, buckle up and enjoy the show. Welcome to Year One, hosted by me, Dio Klopis, and my good friend, Satish Bala. On Year One, we speak to early stage founders, business owners, and entrepreneurs about the highs and lows of the early years, the challenges and rewards, and everything else in between. So, without any further ado, let's get into this week's conversation. Ross, welcome to Year One. Really, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to have a conversation with Satish and myself. I'm going to start off with the very first question that we ask all people who join our podcast, and that is, why entrepreneurship? Why, what has happened in your life that you've decided that this is the route that you actually want to follow? Well, first off, thank you for having me on, guys. Entrepreneurship, why that route? I grew up, my dad was an entrepreneur. He was a meat broker and just kind of started up his own company out of the blue. So that was always an inspiration for starting a business. Outside of that, there's always just been a desire to build something that is my own. And on top of that, of course, just the scale of opportunity of starting your own business versus just getting a job. The ceiling is pretty low as an employee versus being an employer. So yeah, really it was the opportunity and just the familiarity with the entrepreneur life. Excellent. And you said your father was an entrepreneur, is that correct? Yes. And... So when you were growing up, were there things that you saw in your dad that you said, this is what I'm aspiring to, or were there things that you saw that you said, you know what, I don't, I don't know. And I know you've gone the entrepreneurship route, but I guess the question is, was it your dad that inspired you in terms of actually pursuing this path or was it a whole host of other things outside of just your dad? It was a host of things for sure. Just growing up and seeing my dad have the flexibility in his schedule and the ability to travel. And yeah, just seeing his success, that was certainly inspiring and that led me towards it. But I did work plenty of career roles up until taking more of the entrepreneurial route recently. But yeah, so much of it is just, it's always been a dream. You know, like you say, built my own thing and really have that opportunity that you just wouldn't get otherwise. And how did you know that now was the right time for you? The business opportunity came up and it was like, okay, this okay. is something worthwhile. Let's jump on it. I've always been brainstorming. I've had lists on the side of my bed that, okay, here's a business idea. Here's what we should go with. Here's a good one. And you look into it a bit and then realize, ah, not as great as you might've thought. And it fizzles out. Whereas this most recent one with Blue Sky Analytics, it was like, okay, this is something real and I've got to jump on it. And I think that's a perfect segue in terms of telling our listeners, what is Blue Sky Analytics? What, what is the bar yeah, talk? So Blue Sky Analytical Labs is a testing company. So to put it real simple, we have customers who send us in samples of very things. We do environmental work. We'll do industrial monitoring. We have a large focus on the cannabis industry, but basically, so customers send us in samples and we'll tell them what's in it, depending on what the specific specifications are looking for. 
when we're talking about the cannabis industry, it's regulatory compliance testing for Health Canada. So every time someone grows a crop of cannabis, Health Canada deems these specific tests need to be done by a licensed laboratory to deem this product safe and allow it to go to market. And so you need a certificate of analysis that says all of these tests were done and there was a pass and Blue Sky provides that certificate of analysis. I love that. I love that, Ross. I'm curious if you can connect the dots to the listeners on, you know, from education to where you are today, how likely when you look back and go, huh, I get it. This company was always in the making from the past that I'm taking, or is this completely different than all the other things that you worked on to get you to this idea of a lab, analytical testing, et cetera? It's, it's totally random. I would not have expected this. Um, basically after high school, I grew up in Lethbridge and uh, moved up to Edmonton, went to the U of A, got my business degree there. I did get my degree in entrepreneurship. So obviously I always had a hope to work in that. As soon as I graduated, the first job that I got out of school was project manager implementing ERP software for a manufacturing company and just kind of lucked out on getting that opportunity and started going down the software route. After that worked for a while, I got married. And then my wife and I, we had been saving up for a while. We decided to take off traveling for two years. And so we just had a really long honeymoon and went to 18 different countries over two years and just had a phenomenal time. I did a little bit of remote ERP consulting work while we were traveling. And we also had a stint in uh, Australia where we're like, okay, let's just work for a couple months. We have a working visa, so let's do it. My wife is a nurse, so she was going to go get a nursing job and I was going to do project management work. And then we took a pause and said, hey, let's just do something fun doesn't matter if it pays minimum wage. Let's just find the most fun jobs possible. And that took a little bit of soul searching to like, what is the most fun job that we keep, you know, not caring about pay at all. It had never really been a snare we were in. And so I decided I wanted to be a tour guide because I just love public speaking and things like that. And my wife wanted to make cappuccinos in a cafe. And so we found this place called Port Arthur in Tasmania, little island south of the mainland. And it's this world heritage site. And uh, so I got a job there as a tour guide and she got a job in the cafe and making coffees. So we did that there. Then after all of our travels, we went and came back home, uh, had a site. Yeah, just, I kept doing software style implementations. Also started working in the family business, which uh, alongside of the meat brokerage, we've got a meat inspection station on the border between Canada and the U.S. So we inspect raw meat products coming from Canada entering the States. And so I've started going through the succession of that. Then I got uh, another job working as the project manager of IT at the University of Lethbridge. And so I started working that role, pursued my master's and uh, just recently finished my MBA and always kind of kept my, my foot in the door with the software consulting, just sort of took random jobs as they came up. So I've always had a few different roles. That's kind of the long-winded route of what got me to this, but not quite to the story specifically of Blue Sky was created. That's incredible because year one, we talk about the journey to get to where you are, which also helps understand what is that first year journey? Because if you didn't come with the background in analytics and lab and you sort of saw this as an opportunity, I'm curious when you got into this business, what did you imagine the customer, who the customer was going to be for you? 
how did you win some of the first customer customers when this wasn't a add-on to something you're already right. doing? Well, so yeah, I guess I'll start with how Blue Sky started, what the story was, how that all happened. I was speaking with a friend about the potential for biodiesel around a company. And then as I was working the project manager role at the university, met with someone else and they said, hey, we know these students that just won a bunch of money, a Greenstone grant for a business that they had. And it has to do with, you know, biosensors. Maybe there's some collaboration there. So I met uh, Luke Roberts as one of them, who is now my partner, and basically started chatting with him and another friend about, you know, uh, different testing options. And, and we had heard that the city of Lethbridge sent their water samples up to Calgary to be analyzed. And we thought that was pretty odd. Lethbridge is about 110,000 people. Figured there's enough population there to do the testing uh, locally. And yeah, asked Luke, like, do we have the equipment in the university to do, you know, water testing? He said, oh yeah, 10 times over. And particularly because the University of Lethbridge had just spent $180 million on a brand new science building. And it's like absolutely gorgeous, state-of-the-art, full of new equipment. And so I said, oh, interesting. And right after this building was built, the provincial government had sweeping budget cuts to higher education. And so there was, yeah, a lot of doom and gloom at the university and turmoil as to what they were going to do with these budget cuts, how they'd adjust. And then that's kind of when the light bulb came out, putting those pieces together, saying, okay, we've got this beautiful resource that is the building. The university is tighter for cash than they have been uh, previously. So they are cash poor, but instrument rich. Maybe there's an opportunity here. And just Luke and Harland, who was his uh, business partner as well, we said, okay, let's make a proposal to the university to rent their space and equipment to start up a business. And this will generate revenue for the university outside of government funding. And it will also allow us to start a business that would usually require $10 million day one just to buy the equipment and things that we would need to have an analytical testing laboratory. But we can bypass that, get into absolute, you know, state-of-the-art equipment and space right away. And so we put that proposal together, pitched it to the president of the university, and yeah, said, yes, we've been brainstorming ideas of how to bring in revenue outside of government funding. This is a great idea. Green light. Let's go. And that's what really got Blue Sky off the ground. Ross, that's a fascinating story. But I, so I guess what I would like to understand is you went into an industry, a vertical sector that you've actually don't have experience in. And what were the challenges? So, I mean, there are many founders out there that might identify an, an opportunity in the marketplace, but they don't necessarily have the knowledge to pursue that opportunity. So as someone that has not come from this background, I guess there's twofold question. The first one is what were the challenges that you personally experienced and how did you get to validate that opportunity to know that it's actually one worth pursuing? Well, I mean, first off, how to even get the information and start up that was relying on my partner. And uh, two yeah. partners now, Luke Roberts and Jackson Knott. And Luke brings the microbiology side to it. He's just wrapping up his PhD in microbiology. Jackson's has his master's in chemistry. And so 
knowing about testing and opportunities and equipment required, it's all those guys. They have so much of the knowledge. They're really, really smart, really good guys. So they brought that to the table. Now, as far as the market and learning like what is required and where do we start, that was a big challenge because, okay, here you go. Here's this seemingly endless inventory of equipment at your disposal, connecting that to the end user, the customer and what they actually need. That was the big challenge. We had started looking into the water testing because we knew the city was setting that up to Calgary. We also knew that there was very little analytical testing service providers in Southern Alberta. And so our whole focus was trying to stop companies from sending it up to the larger cities and keep that business in Southern Alberta. And uh, yeah, so finding the fit for the market with the equipment that we had was a real challenge. And also not wanting to spread ourselves too thin, trying to really focus on something we knew that there was a market in and hitting that. And so we had really early on recognized the cannabis industry as an option for that, but you need to apply to Health Canada and get your license before you can work in that space whatsoever. And it can be quite a lengthy process. We'd heard one or two years, there was a long wait. So we put our application together, submitted it to Health Canada, and then just started waiting for that. But looking at water testing and environmental testing in the meantime, and we're extremely lucky that our license came back approved in about two months. And so, yeah, we had that right away. Oh, wow. And that gave us the focus that we needed to say, okay, what are the tests that's required by Health Canada? Do we have that equipment in-house? Is this a good fit? And it turned out the answer to all of that was yes. And you said typically that process could take a long time. You managed to get your license in within two months. If that hadn't happened, do you think that you would have given up? You would have been concerned about the attraction? How would you have actually kept the business afloat if that licensing process had taken a lot longer than it actually did? It would have been a lot more challenging just trying to find the specific market in, in a way that we can compete with. You know, I don't, I can't say that we would have just failed without it, but it was a huge help. I mean, just to, to let us know where to focus our efforts was huge because when you just look at just testing in general, you can go into nutritional labels on food. You can go into coal mining and selenium that comes due to the mining and testing the water for that. You can look at healthcare, blood and tissue samples. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to go, each of them with their own regulatory requirements, each of them with their own equipment requirements, very different tests and method preparation. It's a lot of work to get us refined and developed to the point of where you can actually sell it to a customer. So yeah, to, to put all that work in only to find out the market is as hot as you might find. That was a really difficult scenario to figure out. And the cannabis industry has been really good in the sense that a lot of people went into growing and a lot of people went into retail, but not a lot of people went into the laboratory space. So there's, there's a good mm -hmm. amount of demand and uh, a lower amount of supply in that category. Yeah, I love that you found an outliers category. I helped a few friends with their licensing process, both mm -hmm. acting as their chief digital officer and a chief marketing officer on these paperworks to get them through the cycle. But I'm curious to learn because you did study entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. 
how much of what you learned you was valuable on a day-to-day level versus theoretical. Most founders that we meet in the year one category typically have not had an entrepreneurship background or have a different discipline that right. now they're career changing or it's, but you actually went to school for entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and then you had this two-year window where you traveled and the world taught you a bunch of stuff. Now, as a founder of this business, how much of what you do every day comes from those two worlds? Is it crossover friendly? Are you learning stuff in school that you can put into motion now? You know, it's not like I'm sitting here referencing my textbooks that I had in university and things like that. Even though I just did the MBA recently, two or shot a few months ago, I more look at it as it, it set me in a certain trajectory and it gave me foundations to build off of. If I didn't get my business degree, I would have no idea what a general ledger was. I wouldn't know about how to balance debits and credits in, a, in an account properly. Um, yeah, even looking at marketing and like I'd remember things from school about, okay, here's different approaches to pricing techniques and things like that. So it helps build a basis of knowledge that just becomes your general, your general knowledge base, right? And so I pull from that and I use it. But whether something was specifically learned in university or I learned it just talking with my friends or I listened to a podcast and got some bit of information, it's hard to say exactly what came from what. Um, The vast majority of what I learned in university 10 years ago, I'm sure I've forgotten. But some of those, the basis, the the friends that I made, the network, um, that all stays. And so that's just something that I can pull from generally for the rest of my life. That's really good. Uh, and tell me, Ross, I just want to talk about your co-founders a little bit. Had you worked with them in the past? No, no, not at all. I had started with Lou and yeah, we had just met randomly through an introduction at the university. And uh, there's a couple other people who were involved early on, but then it really just came down to Luke and I, and Luke being the microbiologist, a lot of the work we're doing is chemistry based. And he just said, hey, this is out of my wheelhouse, but I know a guy and uh, he's a chemist and I think we should bring him in. And that ended up being Jackson. And so Jackson came in and yeah, we've been working together for quite a while now because we were working on this before we were even able to get space in the university. There's a red tape to cut through to get into the spot we're in. And so, yeah, it's been probably three years that we've, uh, since the actual inception of the idea. And it's been going really well. It's a really good group. And tell me, so I mean, in those early days, right? So you've got a brand new business that you're establishing with a brand new management team. So you've got Luke, Jackson, and yourself. Never worked together, entering a very regulated space. What were the challenges? How did you overcome those challenges? I mean, just getting to know each other for one, you know, and just kind of trust these guys. Like, how does this all work? So you got to start with the shareholders agreement and, you know, do all those things. And everyone was putting in a little bit of money. So just making sure things were structured in a way that uh, it was clear what the expectations were. So doing that, but I mean, honestly, as far as just working together as a group and yeah, getting things going. We didn't have too much challenges. We've all got along pretty effortlessly and organically. So we're very fortunate in that. And even, you know, as time has passed, it's just only gotten stronger. So we've been very lucky in that sense. Are you all aligned in terms of the vision for Blue Sky? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Because remember, Satish, we had that conversation before, you know, with one of our previous guests where the one part co-founder said there's no ways they would go and look for investment. Whereas the other co-founder was said, no, I'm very open to investment because that's how we can scale the business. Mm -hmm. So you very fortunate in that you've got three partners that are so aligned and so in tune in terms of what the vision is for the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, you know, what's beautiful about these kind of relationships is if it's good now and it's built on the right foundation, you have room to be open and transparent as things change. And yes. that I think it's one of the best ways to sort of look at partnership. Will we agree to things today and are we comfortable having disagreements? And mm-hmm. when we do disagree, are we patching it up at the same time, you know? And so those are things that you have to kind of learn on the job. There's no way to predict it. Yeah, absolutely. We even, there's right. one exercise that we did. Like, you know, we we're always about leveraging the business community and, and all the different organizations. And so in Lethbridge, there's one called Tech Connect, and it's all about just helping technology-related companies get going. And they set us up with someone who did a profile for each one of us. And there's a lot of different names for these types of profiles that they have, but basically, you know, what type of person is each one in the group and what are they going to be receptive to? What's going to really kind of turn them away? And we did one of those and, uh, it just kind of showed how good of a fit we are with our different personality styles. And we kind of bring each aspect on the chart that they showed us to the group. So pop quiz then there's a saying, this is every startup needs a hacker a hustler, and a hipster. <laughs> Out of you three, which one is you? I'm the hustler. Jack, okay. Jackson would be the hacker and Luke would be the hipster. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that, that's brilliant. Yeah. And tell me, Ross, I mean, in terms of the journey that you've been on, what has been the most... What has been, or has there been an event in Blue Sky's existence where you turned around and you said, you know what, I wonder if this is right for me? No, I've, I've been pretty like gung-ho from the start. I mean, you know, sure, some days are easier than others. Like, it's not like every day is a rainbow and you come and it's just like, okay, here we go. You know, you wonder, okay, when you're getting into a new market and trying to increase your customer base, are we going to get there? Are we going to have enough? Or particularly in the days before we even had our license, um, you know, with water testing, how do we get in? Where do we start? And just, is this actually going to work in the long run? But I think there's been enough passion to just like run over that and just keep going and just have the the goal in mind that, yeah, we want this to be sustainable. We want this to be a long-term thing and we need this business to succeed. So forget all that. Let's go. And when you have your low moments, what are your coping mechanisms? Hmm. Hanging at home with my family, I suppose. Trying not to think about it for a little bit and then coming in the next day with a fresh mind, ready to work. And then I guess in terms of Blue Sky, where is it now in terms of its journey? And so you've started, what's it about, how many years ago have you started Blue Sky now? Year and change. Yeah, we... We've yeah. been actually in our space now for about a year and a half. And the first uh, six to nine months were strictly just getting our tests online, met the development. We didn't really have anything to sell at that point. 
And so, yeah, now we're about a year and a half in and we've got a good customer base. We've got repeat customers, but we're at the point now that we've got everything we need. Our focus right now is growth, getting more customers in the door, getting more samples to process. We've got a lot of capacity in the laboratory still. So just trying to fill up that capacity as much as we can. And, and is there a ripe market for this or do you actually have to go, I think, create the market for this? No, there's a market for it. It's regulatory. So anyone working in the cannabis industry, they have to do these tests. It's not an option. It's just, they get to choose which laboratory they want to work with. There's a lot of really big companies in the game. And so it's all about how do we compete with the Walmarts of the testing industry? And of course we do that by just having more focus, easy communication, being more attentive, having methods that are very specific to the products as opposed to a generic one. Like a really quick example of that is when you're working with edibles, um, you can have a gummy, which is sugar-based and water-soluble, or a chocolate, which is fat-based and oil-soluble. So with that, we built specific methods for the products that we were receiving, whereas a lot of the bigger labs, it's just one method across the board, and they don't really care. They don't take the time to have that individualized approach. They just run it all through that, and that will typically have lower results because the THC molecules will bind to the fat, they'll bind to the sugars. And unless you break it down in a solution press properly, you're not going to get as accurate of a result with the tailored method. And then also, I mean, Ross, in terms of this journey itself, what has it taught you about you as a person? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's more validated stuff that I already thought I knew. Um, if there's anything that's really changed, I've never worked as hard at anything in my life as I have this. Things generally came pretty easy. It was easy to just kind of coast on and have a good life. But this really gave me the, <clears throat> the drive to get up every day and like make shit happen. Let's go. And that's the biggest thing that I think came out of it is, yeah, life was pretty good and easy. And it was just kind of easy to hit the targets, get what you needed, no problem. But this really showed that I have the drive in me to really just try to push things and make it succeed. I love that, man. And so on the opposite side of that is balance and family, time for wife oh, yes. and kids. Is it kid or kids? Two. I've got two boys, two and five. So they're young. Yeah. Been working through like all those sleepless nights and everything in the start of it. So, yeah. Yeah. So can you talk to us a little bit about your routines, you know, as a father and a husband and now an entrepreneur, what are some of the habits that you've had to either get rid of or create to be able to do both? All about routine. When you got two little kids at home and you've got to work at home, it's always about routine and just trying to make those daily things like getting out the door and getting the kids to daycare and school, just, you know, an easier task. One of the big things is, you know, I keep it pretty strict Monday to Friday, not to fall. When work is done, I'm home with the family and I'm present and I'm playing with my kids and talking with my wife. So I really try to separate that as much as I can. Um, Another recent thing that we've done, and this is kind of something my wife and I do for each other, and I got it as an idea from my buddy. One day a week, my wife and I each get a day to ourselves to do 
whatever we like. I've been golfing with my buddy. And so Tuesdays after work, I just go. She knows that she's picking up the kids and she's watching the kids that night. And I can go, you know, go have a drink. I can go do an exercise class. Or like I said, I've been golfing with my buddy at this point. And Thursdays are her day. So on the flip, whatever it is that she wants to do, meet up with some friends, just go hang out somewhere. I'll go pick up the kids and I take care of it. And that just helps us break up that the monotony of the Monday to Friday, you know, family work-life balance routine where it's like, oh, for one day a week, we just get it free and easy to, you know, live that pre-kid, no responsibility lifestyle. And that's been a really, really nice thing that we do for each other. Um, and especially because it's like immediately reciprocated, there's no guilt involved or anything like that. That's been a really good thing that we do for each other to just bring some balance. Ross, before we go into the last segment, I just want to ask, so for you, you were in traditional employment. You then went to go travel for two years and you did a, a host of other things. You then came back to traditional employment and then you pursued the path of entrepreneurship. So for any aspiring founder or entrepreneur or early stage founder, what advice would you give them based on that journey that you've taken and where you are now? Do your best to validate your market before you start putting a lot of work into the idea. Know who your customers are going to be before you go and quit your day job. Know that you've got a market for the business that you're creating. Try to learn as much as you can about them because you can create a great business that is super efficient and smooth and everything. But if there's no customers there for you, it's going to be a waste of time. So that would be my biggest thing is know your market and where it's going before you just jump into something and spend a bunch of money and spend all your time on it. Sound advice. Perfect advice. And then, as I said, for the last segment, essentially, if we look at the, in the context of where you are, right? So on this journey that you are, I'm going to throw out three words. And for each word, I would like you to tell me what thought comes to mind as I say, in the context of where you're at and, and your journey of entrepreneurship. So the first word is family. Oh, yeah. I mean, family is everything. You know, as far as where that's at in my entrepreneurship, I guess I have my, my blue sky family. And then I've got my, my wife and my babies, my home family. I mean, the biggest thing that comes to mind is just maintaining balance. Entrepreneurship can be very consuming. But at the end of the day, the real joy is going to come from my family. So just to make sure to put focus on that as well. Love that. And then the second word is team. Team? Oh, yeah. Well, that brings me back to the Blue Sky family <laughs> and making sure that things are mutual. Like even though I'm in the president role, but everything is done through consultation with my partners. There's, I can't even think of a single time that I've come in and put my fist down. Here's what we need to do. It's all about coming to some of those decisions as a group, because even though I might think nothing is the best round, uh, one of the other guards can bring some excellent insight in that will make me see it in a different way. And we're just, we're, we're stronger as a team than anyone individually. The last word is entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, passion, drive. Let's go. <laughs> Do it. Make it work. <laughs> just like 
get out there creating something from nothing and being passionate about it and having the the love for it to just make you want to keep doing it every day, even when the the end goal can seem a real long ways away. Just getting out and making it happen. Now, we generally end at this point, but just based on that, you've said entrepreneurship is passion. You've entered a space that was not your background. How have you developed the passion for that? Just to, to see how unique it is to have all the pieces that we needed set with the space at the university, with the time and with the budget cuts, because they probably wouldn't have done this if they weren't looking for something like this already. To have found Lincoln Jackson, who bring all of the science knowledge we need, specifically with cannabis, it's all about chemistry and microbiology, and then to fit that in with the business background that I have. I mean, Luke with his PhD, Jackson with his master's, me with my MBA, it's just such a good fit. So to just see, you know, to be looking my whole life for this opportunity and to just know, okay, I want to run a business one day, but I don't know what it is. So I'm always trying to think of ideas. I mentioned like the lists where I'm just writing things down. So it's like, no, no, that doesn't quite work. That doesn't quite work. Good idea, but no, no, no. And then to suddenly have this come up and be like, whoa, hey, this is something. I can't think of a, a reason why this won't work. All right. Now I'm finally going to breach that. Eh, thinking about a good idea, but yeah, no, next one. Yeah, good idea. No, next one. To, oh, okay, shit, here we go. Let's do this. And like making that jump from just theory to practice and actually jumping in to really want to make it happen and believe that it's all going to work. That's the passion of, okay, take off the parachute and just jump. And I'm hoping for a big cushy bed at the bottom. I guess that's the perfect note to end this episode on. That's, yeah, I, I think you've summarized it perfectly. So I guess on that note, Ross, all I can say is it's been great chatting to you. Uh, we wish you everything of the best with Blue Sky. Um, and, you know, in a year's time, it would be great if we could reach out to you again and see what has happened, you know, over the last 12 months. Where did you actually go to in terms of that vision? So, That'd yeah, from Satisha and myself, you, really appreciate your time. And, and thank you very much for being on our podcast. Year One is hosted by Dion Kloppers and Satish Bala and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. It is engineered by Bluemex. For more Year One content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord.